Welcome to It's Karmic. I'm your host, Mika Bradford. This is a sacred space to connect with karma and past lives through astrology, energy work, and intuition. Welcome, welcome, my sweet souls. I am so excited to connect with you on a solo episode today. Just me and the mic, I'm burning some Palo Santo. I've got my solar eclipse, lunar eclipse uh, altar up. Actually, I need to adjust it a bit now that I'm looking at it and add that lunar eclipse effect into it. But, you know, I've sat down consciously made the space appropriate for what I want to talk about today and I just want to have a sacred conversation with you guys and get into some delicious divine you know conversations about sacred sexuality so I recently sent out an email a couple days ago, you know, tapping into a little bit of my own story around my own sacred sexuality and why this has become such a big conversation for me, but it was just a little taste. And so I thought I would come on and talk to you all about the activation that has happened within my own soul, within my own life. Um, but also the struggle and process that I've gone through over the last, oh God, um, maybe six years of sexuality, of losing my sexuality, of feeling like I lost myself. And I really wanted to dive into that and what sacred sexuality really means. Sacred sexuality. Uh, Say that uh, seven times fast, right? So really tapping into the beginning of this activation for me. Actually, we'll go back farther. Yeah, sorry guys, I had to think about that for a second. We're gonna go back even farther into um, just my own signature, okay? So uh, sexuality was sort of a thing that was born pretty young for me. I was aware of it very young from my own, you know, sexual trauma as a child and this opening uh, really, you know, put sex on the table quite early for me. And just within my own astrological signature, I have a lot of what I call Persephone energy in my chart. And even within my own chart, I have a square between Pluto and my asteroid Persephone and I have a square between Pluto and my moon. I have a trine from Pluto to my Venus and my Mercury and of course my Libra rising. So from a pretty young age, you know, sexuality was awakened in me pretty early and there was always a power struggle going on and within my own life it was me trying to gain that power okay these are very plutonian signatures to try and have control to try and conquer to try and master to try and always sort of be the one who is the heartbreaker and not the heartbreaky but it was always 
uh, it was always me that had my heart broken by, you know, several people as love was my language, you know, labor arising. It was truly a part of my work to go through the process of love being my language. And most of my Libra is in my 12th house. So there's a lot of karmic information coming through around, you know, sexuality, love, partnership, harmony. So just tapping into that from young years, I, I was very sexually active. I was extremely promiscuous, um, definitely for the wrong reasons. But, you know, I enjoyed the act of being in enmeshment with another. You know, there was no sacred sexuality about it at that time. It was just sexuality. I was called a whore from a very, very young age. Um, you know, even before I actually started being sexually active, um, if we look back all the way to my youth, I actually didn't even French kiss a boy till I was 15 years old. And, um, you know, I always had boyfriends, but I never did anything with them. But I was still perceived as being a whore or promiscuous just because of the energy that I give off. You know, I have a magnetism to me and it is part of that signature I have in my chart. So if you have sort of these Pluto, Venus aspects, Plutonian, uh, Venetian mixes, it's very Persephone, it's very Aphrodite-esque. Um, there is a birth and death energy and magnetism, um, even eighth house signatures, you know, an eighth house Venus or a Scorpio Venus can give off that same magnetic vibe where people sort of pick up on your energy and assume that you're promiscuous or assume that you are um, very sexually active or, you know, that you are a harlot or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so that from a young age was sort of projected onto me, which was not actually who I was. And, you know, as I began to get into the world of sexuality, I did become promiscuous. And maybe it's because that expectation was put upon me by the outside world, or maybe it was just because that is a part of my signature, which I now know it is. But really experiencing life in this wild, uh, free sense. I felt like I wanted freedom. You know, freedom was my love language. It still is my love language. I have my Lilith in Sagittarius in the second house, um, which again is that more Venetian archetypes mixed in with freedom. And I wanted to explore. I didn't want to settle down. I, I never really had a steady boyfriend until my, my 20s. Um, and when I was in partnerships, I was not necessarily the most faithful, whether that was um, mentally, spiritually, or physically. I, I was a wanderer, okay? And in that wandering, I kind of made the conscious choice not to fully settle down with anyone because I knew I was, I was hungry, okay? That's the sensation from the past was that I was hungry to experience life in a sexual and an intimate manner with many people because there was just so much to experience and be a part of. But we also have to link this back to my own trauma experience of trying to protect myself, okay? If I was the heartbreaker, then I was not going to get my heart broken. That was the thought, right? And for many, many years of this experience, I'd be deeply in love with one person I couldn't be with, you know, that unrequited love. And so it was easier to just conquer, which is again, 
very Aphrodite-esque, uh, very Plutonian, very Hades to conquer. And within that, there was no sacred sexuality. But what I did feel from this part of my life was a lot of um, the sensation of being alive, you know, the sensation of being full, of being excited, of being, you know, a bit reckless. And it is that Sagittarius energy that we come into around, you know, the ending of high school, into college, into university, that like that time of life, we come into a very Sagittarius energy. It's why we want to party. We want to explore. We want to get out of the house. We want to leave the nest. We want to just go into the world and be a bit wild. And in that wildness, I felt free. You know, I felt alive. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of suffering. There was a lot of trauma, but I did feel alive in my body and my soul. And you know, I, I loved living through that free experience, wild, open, you know, living who and how I was. But then I would get into partnerships, you know, more into my 20s, my early 20s, and I would see that freedom kind of slip away. And I would see the, the true sense of me sort of be put into a box, whether by the person I was with or by my own thought of what was expected of me you know I remember seeing the movie Savages in I don't know like 2011 maybe somewhere around there maybe it's 2012 and in the movie Savages if you haven't seen it she it's Blake Lively and two other gorgeous creatures and they have a three-way relationship uh, her and the two men and I remember thinking yeah that's that's something I could get into, you know, having multiple partners felt really good watching this movie. I was like turned on. I was super excited. And then watching the movie Vicky Cristina Barcelona, uh, Scarlett Johansson ends up in a three way relationship with Penelope Cruz and whatever that guy's name is. And again, I had that sensation of like, oh, yeah, like this seems like it could be something for me. It felt very freeing. It felt very exciting. It felt um, not at all the way we're taught to do partnership, to live our lives. And so I really tapped into that, but, you know, I had to keep it under wraps. I had to keep it hidden. You know, I would talk to friends about it and kind of be like, wow, that's fascinating. But it was never a serious conversation of like, yeah, I want to live like this. And so through the partnerships of my early twenties, you know, I behaved, I, uh, I didn't cheat, <laughs> I didn't um, do too many crazy things outside of the relationships. Um, maybe there was a little bit of emotional cheating in relationships that were dying toward the end. But, you know, I behaved and I put myself in that little box of relationship expectations. You know, you get into your 20s and you think like you should really settle down. And I never felt right. You know, I never felt 100% in myself. And what would happen in every partnership is by the end of it, I would sort of lose my sex drive. I would lose my, um, that exciting sense of being with that partner, getting turned on. And I think that's very common for most relationships is like we get turned off eventually and we just like the excitement, the novelty goes away and we just lose that, that zest for the person we're with. And, you know, I thought maybe that was just, the partner I was with, which I, I can agree it definitely was. So I, I had to leave those partners. But, 
you know, that came back around in my marriage, you know, before we even got married, that little sense, that niggle, that um, sensation of needing the novelty or, or losing myself kind of came into play. And this was happening around, you know, maybe the age 27, I would say, is when it really started to settle in, you know, 2017, um, right before my Saturn return. So kind of, I had been going through that prep toward the Saturn return. We all know if you've gone through your Saturn return, you feel those sensations a little bit before it hits, right? Um, And so, you know, I started at that time, I had been going through panic attacks. I had been dealing with my body going into adrenal fatigue. Everything had been shutting down. You know, I was, um, the running joke was I was allergic to everything. And I was really on a, a path of healing my body at that point. That was my focus. That was my central focus was like heal my body. And within that, um, I began to live very deeply focused on control. Okay. I wanted to control everything. I wanted to control what went into my body. I wanted to control what was around my body. I wanted to control where I went, how I went there. Um, and I started to develop a lot of chronic fears around you know, stupid things like driving or around um, being alone or you know, I couldn't function in largely populated rooms like a wedding. I would have a really hard time with that. I'd have uh, an overwhelm and go into a panic attack at that time. So. I really began to like isolate myself and live in a state of control, which is very Saturn, very Capricorn, okay? And during this process of trying to gain control, trying to, you know, control everything that went on in my life, we start to live and operate from a sense of fear, okay? And when we live and operate from a sense of fear, there is no time to be sexually turned on. I think that's why when we're living those Sagittarius-like years, we feel so alive and so turned on and so like just here for it, right? And then we get into the Saturn energy and suddenly we have like either a goal, we have ambitions, we've got things to do, so there's no time to be turned on. That was sort of my energy as well. Um, And then the other level is we try to control and we try to um, make sure everything's going to function correctly and when we come into that energy we we can't be turned on right I I was listening to or saw someone post I think I talk about her a lot nutrition for the people guys she's where I found um, my whole like parasite cleanse and detox Uh, big shout out to her amazing work but she posted something along the lines of we cannot produce uh, sex hormones while we're in fight or flight. Okay. So basically I think the thing said it's either stress hormones or sex hormones, but not, not both at the same time. And so when we are chronically stressed out, when we're experiencing panic attacks, when we're depressed, when we're having like high levels of cortisol move through our bodies, uh, when we're just living in that adrenal fatigue state, it, it is near impossible to get turned on because 
our bodies aren't producing the chemicals that we need in order to be turned on, right? Like when I was going through all of this process, when I kind of lost my sex drive at the beginning of it, um, knew something was wrong, my hair started to fall out, my nails were brittle, my body just wasn't right, I was getting cystic acne, just I knew something was off. Um, and I went to my naturopath at that time and we did a full panel and my hormones were basically non-existent. You know, I had almost no progesterone. I had almost no estrogen. And she was like, wow, um, basically, of course I wasn't turned on. You know, of course I wasn't excited or, you know, focused on sex because my body was not producing what I needed to be turned on. And it's not a quick process to heal your hormones. It's not an overnight thing. It's not easy, though it is possible, I will say. And a big shout out to my naturopath uh, because I was able to heal them. It did take, you know, a couple of years to get back to myself, but I was able to heal myself and get back to that self that I remembered, you know, that self that, that, is in balance, that is sexually focused, that is alive. And God bless my patient and gentle husband uh, for being all that he is because, you know, he would just gently encourage me to come into, you know, pleasuring myself. He would buy me new toys all the time, just trying to get me uh, to come into a place where I was excited again. You know, he would do anything he needed to do, um, not only for his own benefit of, you know, having me come back to my sexual self, but because he knew and saw that I was shrinking and I was, I was losing a part of myself that was so important. And so he would encourage me to, you know, find self-love again, find self-pleasure again, go and masturbate, go and like really relearn myself you know it there was no pressure to do it for him it was go do it for yourself so god bless him big shout out to him so as my hormones were healing and i was getting encouraged to come into self-love self-pleasure which was super hard for me let me just say how hard it was to come back to that part of myself because i felt so busy you know i felt like you know, I have, I'm building a business. I'm building this. I'm, I have things to do. I have to clean the house. I have to wash the floors. I have to, I have to do something. There was always an excuse of something I had to do that was more important than my sacred self pleasure. So I went from wild, enjoyable, sexually alive to, you know, anxiety, fear, control, not sexually turned on at all to in that place that not sexually turned on place of fear and control like i would question every single day for for years guys this was years um am i broken you know am i broken there was a point where i was like maybe we just aren't sexual when we have spiritual awakenings i actually thought this i actually had these thoughts go through my head of i think when we become spiritually awake or when we tap into god or source or um, you know, when we're on our healing journey, we just, we become less sexual beings. And now I look at that thought and it just radically shakes me because it's so the opposite. But when we're in, you know, trauma responses or fear or control systems, there's no room for that pleasure. And so I can see how I was believing 
um, that there was a way that, you know, I was too spiritual to be sexual. And that's a crazy statement, but that's, that's how I felt at one point. And maybe that was my way of not feeling so broken, you know? And I did. I said it all the time. I feel broken. I feel broken. I feel empty. I feel nothing. I thought maybe I was going asexual. Maybe like sex was just out of the cards for me at that point. Maybe it was just done. <sighs> but, but, but I, you know, I, kept doing my work. I kept balancing my hormones. Um, I was on a supplement for my progesterone, which naturally boosted my estrogen and my hair started to grow in again and get, you know, thicker and my skin started to go more well behaved. I still have skin issues, but, um, it started to behave itself and my gut, my everything. Okay. And so there was a point last year and I was having a transit of Mars going through Taurus, directly opposing my Pluto. Okay, this is the exact moment that this happened and I remember it viscerally. Um, Mars was in direct opposition to my Pluto at 15 degrees Scorpio and I felt something shaking inside me, okay? I felt like an eruption and a, a sacred rage, a sacred desire. Um, and I remember I, I, did, I self-pleasured in the shower and it was like something woke up. I remember just being in the shower and having this amazing orgasm and being like, holy fuck, something just woke up inside me. You know, this, this, this desire, this woman, I thought I had lost. I, I found her again. I felt it. I felt her like quake through me. And it was at that point where I just felt like almost sacred rage moving through me, you know, almost this, this energy of like, like just being so not just turned on sexually, but like magnetically turned on to life. And I, I still thank Mars and Pluto and Scorpio and Taurus for that awakening, for that opening, for that activation, because I remember it viscerally, like, just like, hello, I'm back. And it was at that point that I started to really tap into this work of like sacred sexuality and looking into my chart and understanding, you know, what I need versus what the outside world tells us we need sexually. You know, I had to tap into what are my desires? What turns me on? Why does my mind go crazy places when I'm in the act of sex? Why am I such a, um, a fantasy-based person? Uh, why am I so turned on by erotica? Why do I love to read um, and get like very sexually turned on. And that's been my whole life. You know, I started reading Anne Rice books when I was 14. And uh, I just remember being so turned on by her, her sex scenes and uh, by the vampire eroticism. And like, I had to question these things, you know, why am I so turned on by words? Why am I so turned on by thinking about visual stimulation. What is it about visual or mental stimulation that gets me going? Um, which kind of, I had to tap into my chart, right? Like I have a, 
Um, my Mars is in Gemini in the eighth house. Okay, that's sex and that's magic and that's, you know, mental stimulation, mental sexual stimulation. My Venus is conjunct my Mercury. There's more mental stimulation there. It's in the 11th house, more mental stimulation there. I really had to look at my own signature and say, okay, there's something for me about you know, mental stimulation. There's something for me around reading erotica, around like um, being turned on in that way. And then linking into my free seeking energy of polyamory. I mean, my husband and I started the journey of exploring with other people in 2017. Um, no shock as Uranus was about to begin transiting my seventh, or yeah, my seventh house. Uh, but we began that journey together and it started with us, you know, partnering up with other couples and sharing that experience. And it has grown and grown, um, into me having partners outside of our relationship, you know, him trying partnerships outside of our relationship, which it wasn't his thing. And I fully respect that. But for me, it works and it feels good because I have such a Uranus signature in my chart, such a freedom seeker. Um, liberation is, it's part of my signature. I have a big old yod to Uranus. Um, I had to tap into that, you know, and question why I needed to do things differently, why partnership had to be different for me, why I needed the mental stimulation, why I needed to live like this, you know, versus uh, all the boxes I put myself in before, you know, all the ways I tried to fall into societal norms to be turned on in a way that, you know, the world expected me to be turned on. You know, you, you, you got into a relationship, you be monogamous, you have, I mean, you could get maybe a little kinky, but like, we don't really talk about this stuff, right? We don't really talk about it. So over the last year, I've done the most healing sexually I've ever done. And it's coming into learning who I am, what I want, and living very authentically, okay? Without the fear of my part partner's judgment, without any fear that the world is going to judge me. I had to drop all that shit, you know? I had to drop the societal expectations because who the fuck cares? Who cares what anyone thinks about what you choose to do with your sexuality or your preferences, who you have sex with, what gender you have sex with, whether you do it upside down, hanging from the ceiling, um, it, like it's no one's business how you choose to express partnership, sexuality, sacred pleasure. But it's about really tapping into your signature and questioning like who are you and what do you seek and what turns you on and owning it, right? Like owning your innate desire. What turns you on, you know? Looking at things in your chart and saying, like, oh yeah, like that does turn me on. Like that does activate me. And where have you been playing small? Where have you feared that energy? Where have you um, been avoidant of that energy? And maybe tapping into those chakras and really asking like, am I living in alignment with the flow of energy going into this space? You know, when I think about my, my Sagittarius Lilith, she's so sacral and you know, that was one of my hardest energies to work with. And it really was so activated when I began working with, um, I have a carnelian yoni egg, 
Yoni, Yoni, whatever, <laughs> um, that I got last year around, probably around the same time, honestly. And I knew it had to be carnelian. You know, I sat with this for a couple of years. Sometimes I do that where I just like, if I'm not 100% in or if I'm doubting myself in any way, I'll sit with something. So I knew it had to be carnelian. And I hemmed and a hod and I hemmed and a hod. And finally, I just went all in and bought that carnelian egg. And, you know, working with a crystal tool within my womb space was so activating and so healing. And a lot of this stuff was happening around that time. A lot of this activation was happening around me just having that that frequency inside my sacral in that space literally you know enveloped inside of me working on my womb and let's add in more techniques that we can use to to heal this stuff is like i was doing um one of my dear friends does massage cranial sacral reiki you name it she does it and she's an extremely in tune psychic and whenever we were working together over the last two years, the mother wound would come up. Okay. The mother wound, my deep lineage mother wound. Okay. All the lives of, you know, me being a child dying at childbirth or me having a child and losing it at childbirth. Uh, my own stuff within my own lineage with my mom, with my Oma, you know, I lost her in 2020 and all this stuff started to come up around the mother wound. And within that space of me healing my womb space energetically, there was more space for my sexuality to be turned on. You know, that inner priestess of sacred sexuality, she was allowed to come out because she was safe, which no one in my family has been safe to just be wild. You know, we have European roots it's, it's not necessarily safe though. Um, there's always been a sexual undertone to everyone in my family. My opal was a nudist and quite the philanderer. And I believe there was a part of my Oma that wanted to be free and feel, felt like she couldn't be. My mom is a wild woman. Um, but you know, the, the world teaches us we can't be like that. And so it was working with Carnelian you know, in my actual womb space that really started so much of the work and then tapping into, you know, so much more like pelvic floor release. Um, you know, I finally got a obsidian, uh, wand to use inside me for a, I actually got it for pelvic floor release because I was realizing there was so much tension in my pelvic floor. You know, I thought I was just so tight down there, <laughs> like all women like to talk about, but um, that's not necessarily a good thing. Your pelvic floor should be, you know, it shouldn't be that tight. It shouldn't be so tight that there's pain or there is, um, you know, what I was experiencing for a while within my own partnership was pain. And I thought that uh, there was just something wrong with me, that I was broken, but it turns out like my pelvic floor is quite tight. And um, there has to be some healing here. There has to be space made. So we, there's another embodiment tool we can use here of actually making space in your pelvic floor. You can go to massage therapists for this. There are literally pelvic floor massage therapists that will make space 
within your womb, within your uh, yoni, for you to actually you know, feel relief, feel healing. And then there's all these other layers, like working with the obsidian wand. Um, I named her Lilith, of course. And we've created such a sacred bond of sacred sexual pleasure together, where yes, there's pain when I'm making space in my pelvic floor, but then we come back to pleasure together and we share this partnership of like, Ah, the healing, okay? The healing and trust that when she's making space within me, I am making space within myself and then we come into pleasure together. And we just we just share that experience. And it's been so powerful to come back home and to remember I'm not broken and I was never broken, but I did have to go through that dark night of the soul, that dark moment of thinking I was broken or that I lost such a big part of myself. I had to go through it, you know, and my Saturn return played so huge into it because I thought I lost myself. I thought I lost the part of me that was wild and fun and free and exciting and loud and enjoyed life, but I didn't lose her. Just like if you are feeling any of these sensations, you didn't lose yourself. It's just sometimes that part of us goes dormant or has to quiet down so we can experience whatever it is we're going through, whatever pain process, whatever trauma, you know, that part of ourselves has to kind of go quiet so that we can process and heal. And then we get to refine it and refine her and activate that energy once again, you know, and open up that space in order to allow the sexuality to pour through, whether you're male, female, or otherwise. You know, you have that feminine aspect, you have that masculine aspect of your energy force and you get to turn it on when needed and hopefully we can find the balance to have it both turned on in a healthy manner all the time. So tapping into your own sacred pleasure practices could mean anything for you, right? Like looking at, even take your chart out of it, take astrology out of it for a minute. You know what turns you on. You know, you might need to look back in time and remember that part of you that was you know, really turned on at one point in your life and ask like, what did she, he, what did they want? What did they desire? That part of you. And tap in and question it. Allow the, the, the experience to come through. And say, what do I want? You know, what really turns me on? And then find ownership in it. You know, one of my things that's come up for me that I I want to explore is role play. And it's not just like normal role play. Um, I'm very into history. History is my my jam. Uh, I've always been obsessed with history. And I'm very into like the time period of maybe like the 17, 1800s. Like even Outlander times and, and Victorian times. I'm very into those time periods. Uh, and I have these these desires to explore with historical costumes. And, you know, my husband's totally here for it. So there might be some interesting version of your desires that you haven't yet been able to own or claim, or maybe they make you nervous. Uh, one of my biggest things I'll own right now is that I was very quiet, okay? I was a quiet lover because I was so afraid of what my partner would think when I made noise, okay? I don't know why, 
Um, I have a lot of self-conscious tendencies that come through in the bedroom that I have been working through for years. And one of them was making noise, you know, and it's so interesting because our partners want us to make noise, you know, that pleasure, um, the sound, the moaning, the enjoyment is really what gets us going. For me, it's definitely what gets me going when I hear my partners in pleasure. I'm just like, I'm done. But I, I was so afraid to do that, so afraid to let myself just go. And as I've been doing it more and more, it's like something within me is opening. And one of my dear friends, Elisa, Mystical Mamako, you know, if you've listened to the episode with her and I, you know how good of a, oh man, sexual priestess she really is, mama priestess. Um, she talks about, and I can't remember if it was on my podcast or her podcast, where we talked about when you release your jaw, you release your pelvic floor. So like making noise and moaning and screaming and enjoying and being in pleasure, it actually releases your pelvic floor so you can enjoy more and be in more pleasure. And that has been big work for me. So there might be like things like that where you're just like, oh, I want to do that, but I'm terrified of judgment or I'm terrified to be seen like that. Or what if I look stupid? What if, um, what if my partner doesn't understand why I want to role play from outlander times? You know, why, what if he's not into the slave master kink, whatever it is. I think the ownership of your sacred sexuality is, is key in understanding that you are this individual cosmic being that wants something and we turn ourselves off when we're not getting it, right? When we have that unmet need, we go into ourselves and we go into states of not receiving because it's not safe. So my invitation for you today is to find your sacred sexuality. You know, take whatever it is you need to take from the story, from my my experience, you know, losing myself, losing my, losing my energy force, what I felt like on it was a complete loss of my own soul and really examine like where it is you feel like you've lost yourself or where you need to turn yourself back on, you know, what is it that's calling to you right now? Is it something you need to explore you never have? Is it something you used to explore and you lost, you know, where did that part of you go? It's still in you, remember that. But like, where did you let it go? When did you let it go? That part of you that made you feel truly alive and turned on and activated. And can you rediscover little bits of that person again? Can you fall back in love with your body, with your pleasure, with your desires, whatever they might look like? You know, they're going to look very different than mine. You might not be a mental stimulation person like me. Um, yours might be more, you know, maybe it's the embodiment practice. Maybe it's pleasuring. Maybe it's massage. Maybe it's tantra. Maybe it's, um, you know, maybe there's some serious kinks you want to explore. But just knowing that your sexuality is sacred and it's yours and it's no one else's and you get to absolutely own what it is that you desire and why you desire it. That's, that's my invitation for you. Just own who you are and what you want and see how magnetic you become when you allow that sexual version of yourself to erupt out into the world. And this doesn't mean you throwing your sexual energy at everyone. It means living in more 
pleasure within your own life, in whether that's privately, whatever you do you, will naturally make you a magnetic receiver of abundance, of love, of, you know, of the attention you seek, healthy attention, let's go for healthy attention. Um, it will turn the world onto you. You will naturally turn on the universe. You come into this cooperative, beautiful union with the universe when we turn on our sexual energy. So if this interests you, if you're sitting there still listening to this, um, and thank you for being here and listening to it, if this calls to you, you know, tapping into secret sexuality, if you felt like you've lost yourself, if you felt like that sensation, what, what I did when you felt broken or disconnected or like you just lost your spark, then I do want to invite you to join me in my next workshop on May 20th. And we're going deep into sacred sexuality, okay? Like this is, this workshop is made to turn you the fuck back on, turn you back on, you know, whether you're feeling, you know, that, that sensation of right being broken, being lost, or, you know, you're coming back to it. You're feeling like the universe is pulling you back into your sacred sexuality. And you just want to understand what turns you on, you know, what activates you, what are your pleasure codes um, and how you can, really come back into embodiment practices, then this, this is going to be for you. Okay. We're going to go so intimate and so deep on your specific coding, your specific energy signature. And that's the big thing about this, right? Is that it's no one else's, it's yours. And we're going to go so deep into the intimacy of what your sacred sexual pleasure practices are versus what mine are versus what, you know, the other person is, it's yours. And I want you to find your pattern, you know, your desire, what turns you on. Like, let's come back to that place. So if you're going to join me for the sacred sexuality workshop, you're going to head to the show notes or head to my Instagram, head to my website to sign up for that. And we are going to have such a ball together. We're going to go so deep, so intimate. And remember that is on May 20th. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. Otherwise, thank you guys for being here always. Thank you for your energy, your experience. I love hearing what's coming up for you guys in these activating portals. You know, we're in the midst of eclipse season right now we've got a lunar eclipse coming toward us on the 16th of may so we're preparing for that so remember at this time be gentle be loving be easy maybe always be gentle be loving be easy but you know expect the unexpected be open to the change that you are called to make at this time and i'm sending you so much love on your journey wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And please, if this this show resonated with you, if this episode hit home for you and you know someone who needs to hear these words, please share it. Please subscribe. Please drop a review if you can. It really helps me grow um, and it helps me create more free content for you guys. So if you're able to do any of those things, I appreciate it. I appreciate you and thank you so much for always showing up and doing the work. Bye.